Hey, you're listening to the Encounter Church podcast. To learn more about Encounter Church, visit us at ecdenver.org, or you can find us on Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram. Thank you for listening. Well, of course, because it is Palm Sunday, we have to give each other a high five. Palm Sunday, give it up, high fives all the way around. If you're online, high five. Um, Love Palm Sunday. Because it's just, it's a fun, fun time. We get to celebrate Jesus. And it's a time when we remember him coming into Jerusalem. It's his triumphant entry. And everybody's all amped and excited and over the moon. It's just this outpouring of, whoo, it's Jesus. You know, and again, if you've been around here for any couple of years, you know, I love, I get super excited about this day. I love this sermon And it's a fat pitch. Every single year, it's a fat pitch. Because how can you not get excited? You think about Jesus and who he is and all. I mean, just the more you think, the more you get excited. And and it's just a natural reaction. He's here. He's, you know, celebrated. Fantastic. Love it, love it, love it. Um, So we're going to continue that whole enthusiasm. Hopefully, it's a little infectious. Get you kind of pumped up with your morning coffee excitement. Um, And we're going to have the ushers pass out notes for us today as well, because I started um, a message a couple weeks ago, and I called it Flip the Script, Flip the Script, and it's the idea of something that you anticipate, you know, like you've had like a plot twist, and you're like, whoop, I didn't see that coming, oop, that's not what I expected, Um, and I think in some respects, Palm Sunday is a little bit of a flip the script, and I say that because When you think back in Jesus' time, as he comes into Jerusalem, it's a a script, script flip. Everybody anticipated, most people anticipated, he's this amazing king, he's an incredible leader, the, you know, thousands of people are following him, he's super popular, and I think they anticipated or hoped, thought he would roll into Jerusalem and uh, kick out all the Roman oppression, right? At this time in history, the Romans had uh, were occupying Jerusalem and Israel, and Jewish people, a lot of them didn't want that occupation. The Romans are Gentiles. They were oppressors. You know, they were strong and overpowering and taxation and all these horrible things, and a lot of Jews wanted to get rid of the Romans, it's like some foreign occupation, like if you were colonizing, you know, some country. You don't want some other nation making decisions for you. You're like, hey, get out, you know, good riddance. And I think a lot of Jews at this time had that mentality, get rid of the Romans. And, and there were obviously some that liked the Romans because they got good things from them. But a lot of the Jews were like, hit the road and yesterday's too late, get out. And so there was an anticipation, a lot of Jews anticipated, wanted Jesus to roll into Jerusalem and kick, the, kick out the Romans and overthrow Pilate. Pilate, who was a Roman governor at that time, controlling the area. Ultimately, we know that Pilate <laughs> condemned Jesus for crucifixion. So there's this anticipation and hope, expected desire that Jesus is gonna gonna kick everybody out, but that's not what happens. So on Palm Sunday, I think it was a mixed bag of motives. The people who were celebrating Jesus 
a lot of them thinking political, you know, salvation, if you will. A lot of them had this idea, you know, super popular. Some of them didn't even know. They just were kind of joining the masses and like swooped up in all the enthusiasm and the energy, the party, the celebration. But Jesus flips the script. And I would, I would suggest to you there's three main characters or players in this flipped script. And you can look on your notes at the very top. Um, on, you'll see all of the gospel references here, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, and those are the references for each gospel related to Palm Sunday. If you want to read those on your own, you're welcome to do that. I wanted to put the reference there just because I think the Bible is really fantastic and it's good that we read it um, at least occasionally. So <laughs> just a small suggestion there, a little indirect plug. But I want us to look at these three characters, these three players, if you will, that have the, f the script flipped. And the first one is his disciples, his disciples. So we're going to use Luke, Luke 19, as our gospel for this Palm Sunday. And the reading there, you know, you can see the verses are 28 to 48. But the first group is, is his disciples. And when you read in verses uh, 50, you'll see actually at the very beginning, verses 28 through about 30, as Jesus is coming into Jerusalem, it says his disciples, and the idea on it isn't just the 12 that we know of, you know, Peter, James, John, all those guys, but the idea was that his disciples, his followers, so a big crowd, and his disciples absolutely were pouring out all kinds of celebration, enthusiasm, worship, Hosanna is he, blesses he who comes in. I mean, the whole thing, I mean, it's just this outpouring of hum humongous enthusiasm and worship and honor and respect. And I think for many of us in the room online, maybe we would identify with them. We're like, and you're like, well, Sarah, you do. And maybe, you know, by, by we, we catch it. You're contagious, your enthusiasm. And I want that. I want us to be excited about Jesus. It's natural. It feels good. And it's the right. It was phenomenal. And so I like identifying with the disciples, those people who are celebrating. And they're, you know, putting their coats on the road and palm branches and celebrating and all this stuff. But the script flips. Because on Sunday... We're all, woo, stoked. But it flips. Because four days later, five, however you want to count it, everybody abandons him. And I don't, I don't think they started off on that Sunday, whoa, 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 thinking five days later, that they're all going to hit the road. It's a flip. And I think sometimes we might flip the script because Jesus doesn't do what we want. He doesn't roll into Jerusalem and tell Pilate to hit the road. He doesn't roll into Jerusalem and kick out the Roman centurions. In fact, he kind of flips the script. He rolls into Jerusalem. The first place he goes is to the temple. 
and he kicks everybody out, not kicks, he upends the, the tables and, and just completely, <laughs> like, what? What do you think you're doing? This is a, if you want to be popular, don't do that. That's, that's stupid. Jesus flips the script. And I think sometimes if we're not careful as Jesus followers, when he doesn't do what we want, he doesn't do what we expect, or he does what's unexpected, and we don't get it. Like what? And if we're not careful, we flip the script. We're, we're like, whoa, Palm Sunday. But what happens on Monday, Thursday? What happens on Good Friday? And we know, like we get all excited because we know resurrection. We know the end of the end is fantastic. But I want us to be careful. Because in the flipped script, we don't always know the end from the beginning. Sometimes the flipped script is the middle. And so when we're in the middle and the script gets flipped, I would encourage us, instead of abandoning Jesus, that we stay faithful. We don't have to understand everything with Jesus to be faithful. We don't. And I think when we sense that flipped script in our own soul, Maybe it's an awareness of our own mortality, our own weakness, our own struggles. And then maybe we get disappointed with ourselves and we relate to Peter, right? <laughs> We're like, ugh, I don't like, I don't like my frailty. I don't want to be that fickle person. I want to be faithful rather than fickle. So a flipped script starts with the disciples. But the next character I would like to point us to is the donkey. You know, every year I love talking about the donkey that carries Jesus into Jerusalem. And uh, I love this donkey because, you know, Jesus tells his disciples, go get this donkey. And if the master asks, why, do you, why are you taking my donkey? Just tell the master that Jesus needs the donkey. And uh, Jesus needs, needs a ride, needs a donkey to carry him into Jerusalem. And, you know, I would like to always be the carrier of Jesus, even when I'm a donkey. <laughs> right? Some of you could use a little more colorful language, and I'll let you go ahead and do that. It's totally fine. <laughs> but, but my deal is... I don't care when I where, how, whatever, and and even when I'm not not the best person in the world, I want to carry Jesus. <laughs> I want to carry Jesus no matter what, wherever, whenever, and and when I'm cranky or or not just you know this super fantastic person, I still want to carry Jesus. I want to carry Jesus, but I think this also gets flipped. Because if you think about Jesus and the donkey that carries Jesus into Jerusalem, it's a fantastic celebration time. But as you come to Good Friday, it gets flipped. It's no longer a donkey that's carrying Jesus. But actually, you have Simon of Cyrene who carries Jesus' cross. And I flipped this because it's one thing to be a donkey, 
But it's an entirely another, another scenario to carry the cross and follow a savior who is so weak and beaten up and obliterated from Roman torture that he's not strong enough to carry his own cross to his own crucifixion. And Jesus tells us this. If we want to follow him, we have to pick up our cross daily and follow Jesus. And I think this is such a powerful thing to consider because when Simon, we don't know a lot about Simon, the Cyrene. We don't know. We know Cyrene is like a, a town, whatever, in northern Africa. And why is he there? I don't, I don't. The Romans, Roman centurions pulled him out of the crowd and said, here, carry this cross. Carry. And, you know, the beam is basically the horizontal part, probably weighed around 30, 40 pounds. And you're like, well, why can't Jesus carry it? Well, because Jesus <laughs> had just been brutalized, whipped 39 times, scourged, and was probably half bleeding to death no strength in him, and beaten over the head, wearing a crown of thorns. I mean, he, his body is thoroughly mangled. The Bible tells us that he didn't have human form, couldn't be recognized. And then you're going to put a 30-pound cross beam on him, and he's supposed to carry that however long via Dolorosa up to the crucifixion place. I mean, he can't. Physically, he can't. He's just, his body is too trash, too wasted, too beaten up. So Simon... And I find it really interesting that some dude, Simon, carries Jesus' cross and he follows behind him. He doesn't lead Jesus, he follows. And he follows a man who is completely the antithesis of everything that we saw on Palm Sunday. A, you know, a celebrated king, celebrated leader, celebrated maybe political, you know, overthrow. But now here's a man, and Simon follows him. And I think sometimes it's difficult to follow Jesus because sometimes he looks beaten, he looks frail, he looks like he's falling apart. And, and the crowds around oppose him. Not the popular figure that was, but yet we still continue to follow. Follow not just when he's celebrated, but also follow when he's broken, beaten, and, and frail. It's a flip script. And I think for many of us, we want to follow, woo, and all the excitement. But man, it can be hard to follow when we see difficult, mangled Jesus. What does that look like among us? Jesus said, if you do this to the least of these, you do this to me. I think about that when I do stuff, particularly with saving Moses. Or I see people in, in, in America. I see homeless people. I was in, uh, up in Boulder the other, a couple weeks ago, and there was a dude, it was like 10.30 in the morning, and I was on Pearl Street Mall, and there was a dude who was like, I don't know what his deal was, but he's like, blah, blah, screaming at 10.30 in the morning, and he's yelling, and there's nobody there. And I watched him, and I was like, you know, I think he's like mentally, like, sketchy, you know? 
because, and and the people were kind of kicking him out, and and I and I thought about it. I was like, you know, I'm not going to necessarily follow him, but do I have compassion for him? When I do this to the least of these, I do this to Jesus. How do I treat people who are broken, who look broken, who smell bad, who are weird, who ha- you know? I think it's important because it's a script flip. We celebrate, we follow, we, we have reverence or honor, whatever, respect for people who are put together. You know, proper hair, makeup, and they look the part and they dress the part and all that stuff. But Jesus flips the script. And how do we navigate that in our own soul? It's one thing to be a donkey. But it's another thing to carry the cross and follow Jesus even when he seems broken and frail. It's a script flip. The last one I'd, I'd like us to consider, we have the disciples and we have the donkey, one of my favorites. And I call this group the devout, the devout. Because on Palm Sunday, all the disciples are celebrating Jesus. The donkey is carrying Jesus. But it also says that the Pharisees, who are the devout, they're followers of, of Jewish faith, tradition, law. They're very devoted, devout, and committed to being uh, compliant and conforming to the traditions and religious norms. And as Jesus is coming into Jerusalem on Palm Sunday, the devout, <laughs> they confront and they challenge Jesus on Palm Sunday. Everybody else is like, whoa, it's a party. But the devout are like cranky and prickly. This is the church lady on Saturday Night Live. Are you a sinner? And they're confronting Jesus. <laughs> they're like, hey, you need to tell your people to stop doing this. Can you hear it, right? I mean, like, bah. we need a Saturday Night Live script right there with the church lady. I like her because she's funny. But... <laughs> They, they confront and they challenge Jesus. And I like what Jesus says to them. If, they, if this doesn't happen, even the rocks will cry out to praise me. Are you kidding? You guys need to get a real grip. Take a chill pill and line up and then do the right thing, right? I mean, this is, this is appropriate. So this is the devout and this is their script. But I want to encourage you because some of us, are very much in this in the devout category. I for a season in my life, I was absolutely devout. I mean, like full on and and cranky, cranky with you know religious com- compliances and traditions, and this is the way we do it. And it's you know I was very very into this whole mindset. I get it. I get it. It's it's not it's not uncommon or unfamiliar to me. I get it. But there's a script flip, and this is the script flipped. You have all these devout, the Pharisees, cranky, confronting, challenging Jesus, Palm Sunday. But if you come to Good Friday, the script is flipped with Nicodemus. Because Nicodemus is a Pharisee. You read about him in John chapter 3. He comes to Jesus at night, and this is where we hear the famous words, you must be born again. This is Jesus telling him. And I find Nicodemus an amazing dude. Because that conversation, John chapter 3, 
And then as you watch Nicodemus over time, and even here, when Jesus is dead, Nicodemus buys a boatload of burial resources to prepare Jesus' body to be buried. And Nicodemus, even though he's a part of the Pharisee group, he flips the script and he's going to be more loyal to Jesus than to his colleagues, his community, the religious conformance that he's been a part of for so very long. And by flipping the script, he buys burial resources and participates, helps in carrying Jesus' body off the cross and to the tomb. This whole idea of carrying, it's, it's, I don't have all of it worked out in my soul. I've been kind of ruminating on it, thinking, meditating on it for quite a while. But I think there's very much to be said for carrying our cross, carrying Jesus, loving Jesus, being generous, and pouring out our resources for Jesus, his burial in preparation for his resurrection. But Nicodemus didn't know. He didn't know Sunday and Easter and all that. Nicodemus just knew, you know, I, I see the Pharisees. I know I have that title, but I'm going to choose to be more loyal to Jesus. I'm going to flip the script and not follow all the religious legalities and conformities. I'm going to go against the grain and I'm going to be more loyal to Jesus, who Jesus is. Even though I see it's his body, I don't, I'm still, I'm going to shoot the wad and follow him and be loyal, even at the expense of being rejected by all of those people, all the religious people, all of the Pharisees, all that whole community. I'm going to be more loyal to Jesus than to any of that religious stuff. And so this whole script flip, I think it's a really important thing to think about on Palm Sunday. Obviously a time to celebrate Jesus, but thinking about it in terms of disciples, that we would be more faithful than fickle, <laughs> right? And as you think about it, I was thinking of some of these, these terms that we could say that we would be more committed to Jesus as we carry Jesus, as we carry the cross, that we're committed no matter what. And finally, that we're loyal, more loyal to Jesus than any community or group or religious traditions. That as we celebrate Palm Sunday, these are our verbs. This is the flipped script. Faithful, committed, and loyal. Let's stay in love with Jesus. Let's not just be the fair weather crowd. This is how I am with the Broncos. This is how I am with the Rockies, right? If they're winning, I'm all happy. Woo, woo, woo. If they're losing, bleh. This is how, but I'm more of a West Virginia basketball fan. I'm loyal. I'm committed. I'm faithful, even in the dark, grim days when they keep losing. If I can do that for a basketball team, how much more can I do that for Jesus? Can we do that? Because that's what's in our soul and what we cultivate, our values. The days we celebrate, whoa, 
everything's good and cool and popular and trendy. Jesus. But let's not flip the script. Let's keep that consistent all the way through. So a couple of takeaways I'd, I'd offer for you. Number one, <laughs> what script might Jesus flip in your life? So I listed a couple things there you might consider. Self versus others. Religious versus relational. Expected versus un, expected versus exceeded, un, unexpected. To conform or transform. Rigid or resurrected. Would Jesus flip any of these scripts in your life? Are these things that you find yourself... Um, challenged by the second takeaway is I would encourage you to read a holy week holy week passage each day this week so what I did here in these verses I for each gospel I started with Palm Sunday and I went all the way through resurrection so if you want to read and some of you you might want to read one each day some of you might want to split it up there's the references for Matthew 21, verse, chapter 21 through 28, verse 10, Mark 11 through 16, Luke 19, 28 through Luke 24, 12, and John 12, 12 through 20, verse 23. These are the passages. So take some time. Read one, all, some of these. And then finally, make time this week. And I love what we're doing here at Encounter each day. There's opportunity. There's time to consider Jesus' human existence and how that affects us. He lived as a human, fully God as though he were not man, fully man as though he were not God. He lived among us. He gets it. He knows what it's like to be human. He's fully aware. So how can we connect with that? And throughout this week, celebrating our beautiful Jesus. Not just because of Palm Sunday, but all the way through as faithful, committed, and loyal. So as we finish today, I just ask you to stand to your feet. And I want us to finish with the song, Beautiful Jesus. Because truly, <laughs> that helps us to be faithful, committed, and loyal as we consider our beautiful Jesus.
Jesus, we thank you for who you are. Thank you for getting to celebrate you on Palm Sunday. Beautiful, beautiful Jesus. We thank you for your loving kindness to us that endures forever. And Jesus, as we go, we pray that you would continue to help us where we've been unfaithful. You would help us to be faithful. Where we've been less than committed, you would help us to carry the cross and follow you. Where we've been disloyal, Jesus, conforming to people around religious ideas, I ask you, Jesus, you would help us to recalibrate our loyalty to you first and foremost. We love you, Jesus. You are our beautiful Savior. Thank you for coming, living among us, dying and raising from the dead. We celebrate you, Jesus. Palm Sunday. Hosanna is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Amen. Thank you for listening. To learn more about Encounter Church, visit ecdenver.org or find us on Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram.